a class issue and, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. So we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Things were getting aggressive in here, so we had to put on <laughs> Trap Queen to relax our souls. Our souls are relaxed right now. Well, not Selena. She went to go join the Black Panther. She's buying a gun as we speak. She is no longer on the show. She's going to walk around Texas. She's got that shirt on. It says Asada taught me. Yeah, Asada. <laughs> free, free Big Meech. Like, that's how <laughs> Selena's down with the fold now, guys. And if you are just tuning in, we have had an amazing show. We talked talked about Khalif Bowden, who was in prison for three years because of a stolen book bag they could not prove he had. He committed suicide three years after he was finally released from prison, and we talked about the prison industrial system and the over 400 people in New York right now locked up at Rikers with no trial for more than six months. Yes, that is actually a thing that is happening. Then we moved on to the news roundup, and we talked about that amazing black woman whose name <laughs> sorry, what? whose name is Rachel. Oh, who, she's not. Well, yeah, she's on. not really black. She, but can we quote? Because if she identifies with black and she says, I'm black, what are we supposed to refer her as? I don't know. <laughs> I, this is really complicated. I don't know. We, don't, we should ask our guests because we're yes. going to be talking about how black women's lives matter in the next segment. So yes. maybe our guest Even has, if they're not really black, right? Yeah, maybe our guest has some opinions <laughs> on this that she could help us out. That is really weird. I mean, even Dominic, Dominicans don't want to be black and they are black. And exactly. This woman who's not like not all of them. There are light-skinned Dominicans too. Yes. No, they're Mo- like, like BNA, black. But anyways. Right. Okay, I see what yeah. you're saying. But um, anyways... Where was I? All right. So then we also talked about the officer who swan Tom bond, a 14-year-old girl, and got to resign because he felt his life was in danger and keep his pension and go be a racist cop somewhere else. And we'd say, I say all of this to bring us to where we are now. Black women matter. So if you have been watching the news for the last year and a half, or if you've been watching the news at any time in the world, at any place, and we are talking about social, social issues, this is the way that the ranking of issues has always ranked. White people issues, white man issues, white man issues, white man issues, white man issues, white woman issues. And now white man issues, white man issues, white man issues, white woman issues, gay white man issues, gay white man issues, gay white woman issues, white man issues, and the rest of them. And now in this past year, as we've seen more video footage of people of color being killed by police officers or vigilantes or vigilante police officers like that time where they shot 137 bullets into a car. And one cop was so afraid for his life, he jumped on top of the hood (laughs) of the car and shot 46 more rounds because he didn't know that the Negroes were going to jump out of the window with their super Negro powers and kill them. And that cop got the walk. So. While these things are happening, we still seem to have a problem acknowledging and respecting and speaking up and fighting for the issues of women of color. Not just any kind of women of color, but black women. I'll give you two recent examples. Rakia Boyd, who was killed by a police officer who feared for his life, which is why he took his gun from from sitting inside of his car, took his gun out and shot from them as they were walking away from him because he was so afraid. She died. The cop that killed her walked. There was a protest scheduled on Earth Day for her death. A hundred people showed up at Union Square. Any other time there's a protest for Trayvon Martin or Brendan, uh, um, Jordan Davis or any other man of color who has been killed by police violence or anyone killed by police violence, Union Square is packed to the brim. It was a bit rainy, but still, only a hundred people showed up. In Texas, where you have psychotic people running the government, running for governor, where you had Wendy Davis running against Paul Abbott, and they were talking about it was so important for women to go out and vote. When Wendy Davis lost the election because she ran a 
I won't say that. I have friends who worked on the campaign. Who She ran an unsuccessful campaign. They blame black people, particularly black women, even though black women came out in higher numbers than white women. White women were the ones that voted against their actual needs. Another problem. And then... My favorite one, this happened at one of these white people award shows, the Grammys or the Oscars. I forgot one, which one. Patricia Arquette goes up there and she talks about equal pay. Applause to her. And then she says the blacks and the gays have to start standing up for everyone else. What? <laughs> Very confusing. Ignoring the fact that even though white women get paid 71 cents on every dollar, black women get paid 62 cents. And I may be a little bit off on that number. Forgive me if I am. For every dollar. Yes, it is that bad. And whenever we bring up a topic about black women, we know that they are the most, according to research and polls, the most unattractive of all the women in the races because people have actually that said that. We know that there's all sorts of issues that black women deal with particularly. So now all women do, deal with street harassment, but come to East New York, women, black women deal with street harassment. And when we try to talk about these issues, people kind of just gloss over it and say, yeah, that's not really a serious thing. And they don't want to pay attention to it. So now, because this issue is important and everyone in this studio believes that black women not only matter, but they are also magic and they also freaking rock, we have with us an amazing guest. Her name is Tiffany L. Gill, and she's an expert on self-esteem and empowerment, a dynamic writer, a speaker, and passionate advocate for women and girls. She launched Black Girls Unscripted, a documentary and social campaign, which you guys need to check out, and it's to help challenge perceptions, raise awareness, and transform lives. The documentary explores the lives of dynamic teen girls of color as they defy popular cultural stereotypes and pursue their dreams. And if there's one group of people who we need to be putting in the spotlight and giving a voice and making sure they have a place in this space it is black women so tiffany thank you so much for tuning in and how are you doing today i'm great i'm great thank you for having me hi tiffany Tiffany. hold on you had some brunch already i'm sorry did you get brunch already i did not i had (laughs) coffee though girl what's going on you ain't get no brunch <laughs> Stanley loves brunch. Like you know what I love about brunch? The alcohol portion of it. So Oh, okay. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite drink to get during brunch? Well, you know, I guess I'm pretty standard, the mimosa. The mimosas. I like to get the blinis because I think it's classy. So okay. I, I get those. But Tiffany, we're not here to talk about brunch or banana <laughs> batter pancakes or bellinis or mimosas. We're here to talk about Black Girls Matter. So to start this conversation off, I would actually like to let the listeners know a little bit more about your documentary. Tell us about Black Girls Unscripted. Yeah, so so Black Girls Unscripted is, is currently in production. It's a documentary, as you mentioned in the uh, intro. We, we decided that um, our girls need a, a platform. Uh, to tell their stories and in ways that are varied and diverse that sort of speak to who we are as a people. Um, so that's what the documentary will do. We have um, six amazing girls who will be telling their very unique stories. Um, they're in Baltimore, New York, Chicago, uh, where we'll be filming. Um, and we're just pretty excited. In addition to the documentary, we have um, listening sessions that are going on in various cities. We have a grassroots movement, a grassroots campaign focused on highlighting all the things wonderful about black girls and black women. We have a vibrant Facebook page and community that's committed to storytelling. So the documentary is in production. We're hoping to wrap it up by the end of summer um, and get it out to the public, fingers crossed, uh, in January 2016. Well, okay, I'm a little confused, Tiffany, because you guys have Love and Hip Hop, you have um, Bad Girls Club, and you also have um, Single Ladies. Don't black women have enough positive depictions on television already? 
<laughs> Assuming that those you name were positive, so so that's you know that's that's always a, a an interesting question. Um, no, we don't have enough. Firstly, um, and particularly if you look at at what uh, the landscape looks like for uh, our peers, right? So, on every station, every network, uh, there are always stories that are diverse that show uh, non. Black women or, or people, uh, non-people of color who are in um, a variety of roles, and we don't have that. The image of black women in media is very narrow, um, and not only is it narrow, it's limited to only a few networks. So uh, it's not enough. It's never enough. But what we're also saying is that we don't have to rely on mainstream media. We don't have to rely on television. There are other platforms to tell our stories, and I think we have enough um, Issa Rae is the first person that comes to mind. My hero. Uh, enough examples of what you can do um, outside of mainstream, outside of the television platform, uh, of the ways that we can tell our stories digitally and, um, and, and in a powerful way. And she has done some pretty amazing things starting right there. Thank you very much, Flat. So, guys, if you are just tuning in, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that number is 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio or hit us up on Facebook at Politically Preposterous or, of course, on Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. And we are talking about why black women matter. And at the moment, we are talking about why black women matter in the media. And the question that I want to ask for you, because Issa Rae is someone who I adore and I watch all of the Awkward Black Girl seasons one and two and her Ratchet Peace Theater, which is the greatest thing since mm-hmm. Hennessy with apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you is like, there's why did we we decided that um, our girls need a, a platform uh, to tell their stories and in ways that are varied and diverse that sort of speak to who we are as a people. Um, so that's what the documentary will do. We have um, six amazing girls who will be telling their very unique stories. Um, They're in Baltimore, New York, Chicago, uh, where we'll be filming. Um, And we're just pretty excited. In addition to the documentary, we have um, listening sessions that are going on in various cities. We have a grassroots movement, a grassroots campaign focused on highlighting all the things wonderful about black girls and black women. We have a vibrant Facebook page and community that's committed to storytelling. So the documentary is in production. We're hoping to wrap it up by the end of summer um, and get it out to the public, fingers crossed, uh, in January 2016. Well, okay, I'm a little confused, Tiffany, because you guys have Love and Hip Hop, you have um, Bad Girls Club, and you also have um, Single Ladies. Don't black women have enough positive depictions on television already? <laughs> Assuming that those you name were positive. So so that's, you know, that's that's always a, a, an interesting Question. Um, no, we don't have enough, firstly, uh, and particularly if you look at, at what uh, the landscape looks like for uh, our peers, right? So on every station, every network, uh, there are always stories that are diverse that show uh, non-black women or, or people, uh, non-people of color who are in um, a variety of roles, and we don't have that. The image of black women in media is very narrow. Um, and not only is it narrow, it's limited to only a few networks. So uh, it's not enough. 
It's never enough. But what we're also saying is that we don't have to rely on mainstream media. We don't have to rely on television. There are other platforms to tell our stories, and I think we have enough. Um, Issa Rae is the first person who comes to mind. My hero. Uh, enough examples of what you can do um, outside of mainstream, outside of the television platform, uh, of the ways that we can tell our stories digitally and, um, and, and in a powerful way. And she has done some pretty amazing things starting right there. Thank you very much for that. So, guys, if you are just tuning in, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that number is 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio or hit us up on Facebook at Politically Preposterous or, of course, on Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. And we are talking about why black women matter. And at the moment, we are talking about why black women matter in the media. And the question that I want to ask for you, because Issa Rae is someone who I adore and I watch all of the Awkward Black Girl seasons one and two and her Ratchet Peace Theater, which is the greatest thing since mm-hmm. Hennessy with apple juice. <laughs> I want to ask you is like, there's why does this? What's 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 the confusion about black women in the way they proceed in the media? Because I've seen two type of black women in the media. There's one the sassy black woman, and two the Olivia Pope, um, Viola Davis black woman who doesn't feel pain, who doesn't show emotion. She has to carry the weight for every single person over there, and she she. She's a good woman. She's powerful, but she can't be loved and she can't be committed because there's just something wrong with her. Why? What is there anything else different from that? And why are those the only two we see? Well, you know, it, revenue, ratings, money, right? So it's it's what drives the viewership. That's the first thing. So if these stories are popular and they have the data to support that, and you have the advertisers who are jumping on. Um, and, and putting the, the, the ad revenue behind it, then sure, that's, that's going to be most important. But then, you know, equally as important is the storyteller. And I, and I happen to be uh, a, a huge fan of Chandra Runs. Um, I am uh, somewhat of a fan of Scandal. I don't, I don't watch it very often. But I, I think there's a, a, a confusion between diversity of voices and being able to show um, black women in very nuanced ways, but then how those depictions play out off screen is totally different, right? We have a tendency, or there is a tendency, to assign um, characteristics and personality types and behaviors of black women that we see on television to those women in real life, and, and that just doesn't happen to our white counterparts. So the problem is really drawing the distinction between characterization of blacks, uh, particularly black women, and what is true of black women. And what that means is we as black women, as as black girls, black folks, have to start telling our own stories because the storyteller matters. So I don't know that it's confusion. It's very clear that all of this is is about ratings and and revenue, um, what's most popular, what drives um, the, the the viewership, but then how this plays out in our communities, how this impacts our girls, how these those perceptions impact our everyday lives, policy. 
Tiffany, you are right on point there. I just wanted to add on that, as you're saying, it is very dangerous when the only type of perception we see in television of black women are this one type of caricature of what a real black woman is and her experiences. And it does lead to how black women are treated in society. Now, very recently, there was this white woman and a pregnant black woman. She was like five to six months pregnant and showing. They got into a road rage incident and like... Like a shouting match. So the white woman called the cops, started crying, and told the police officers that she felt in fear of her life and that the black woman... Um, I don't know if she went to press charges, but she was like the black woman definitely shook her up and rattled her and they wanted to check her out. So then the black woman comes out of nowhere. She's like, um, the, the cops approach her and she's like, yes, I just dropped off my second grader. I'm actually really glad you guys are here. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I'm glad you guys are here because that white woman is crazy. She cut me off. She scared my little um, second grade child. I'm pregnant and I don't I, I I'm in fear for my life. So the black so the police officer after hearing both sides of the story proceeds to ask the black woman for her identity for her name and sort of like questioning her and she's like why i don't want it like she she kind of took it in defense because it's like i she knows and she feels like the victim in the situation but they want to you know follow up on her so she was like no i don't i don't want to give you my name and i don't want to give you my id and it happened to happen in a state it was california where you don't have to give the cops your name and id so she was like no so she gets on the phone and she was like i don't want to have to deal with police harassment today so she gets on the phone and she's like get she's like you know get away from me i'm gonna go she starts walking towards the school the cops wrestle her they were like no you need to so you know you need to submit you need to subdue yourself and they get her tackle her to the ground put her on her stomach on her pregnant stomach she is Uh, screaming out uh. saying i am pregnant get off of me get off of me and they're like stop fighting stop resisting she's in fear for her life in the fear of her unborn child and i just want to go to show that when we are constantly portraying black women as a threat as loud as ratchet as a thought as all of these different words this is how white america sees us and they proceed to treat us as as people who are dehumanized and devalued so I just want to add that. Yeah, just want no, to add that. No, no, you're absolutely right. I happened to see that video, um, and yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's that's exactly what happened. And not only the 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 treatment of the the black woman, but it is this natural tendency to give white folks the benefit of the doubt. So in that instance, what this woman said superseded anything that the the black woman had to say. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. I saw it. Um, I saw the follow-up interview where she said that it, it how it made her feel. Um, she's a hardworking woman. She loves her children. And this is not who she is. Um, but to your point, all of those things, the, the, the imagery, the portrayals, um, the, the lack of, of of femininity that's sometimes and oftentimes applied to black women. I mean, we just, we aren't feminine enough. Mm. We're too strong. We're too angry. We're, we're either not enough or we're too much. Um, it's, it's, very, it's dangerous, and it, and it impacts us. And, and, you know, think about the, the number of times and, and instances just like that that we don't see that aren't captured on video. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's, 
very, very dangerous. It is very dangerous. And Tiffany, I want you to hold on because when we come back, I want to talk about the dangers of falling into the, con- the misconception of the angry black woman. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We'll be right back after this brief break. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. We are playing Minaj. I don't know if we can say her, the first Nikki part of her Minaj. name. Because, you know, oh yeah, the, the Minaj part is a bad part anyway. <laughs> but anyways, we have been talking about Black Women Matter. Selena told a very powerful story about a woman who was aggressively arrested by police officers when she was pregnant. And before we jump back into the conversation, we do have Miss Deborah on the line. And I wanted to let her have a chance to let her voice be heard. Miss Deborah. You know, this Miss Scarlett O'Hara routine is, is wearing very, very thin. And it's not just uh, for white men. Now white women are falling into play. Now, I heard a white woman say the other day that she thought that the cops should, should have been given a badge for what he did. Uh, in terms of the whole femininity issue with black women, um, I heard, I saw someone the other day get up from his seat and he gave a white woman a seat. I didn't know she was pregnant. She put her hand on her stomach, and she smiled, and he got up, and he gave her a seat. Now, I had sat with this man for a very long time. He's a very nice man. He did nothing wrong. Her husband was standing there, or her boyfriend. I don't ever assume that white women are married and black women are not, because I know a lot of white women who are not married, and people walk around calling her Mrs. So-and-so, okay? And I'm saying this for the simple fact that there's a lot of nasty of uh, verbalization on radio about how black women are animals, they have no sense of uh, commitment to their men, and things of this nature. Black girls have to be protected, and they Mm. have to be made to feel that they are important. And the reason why cops do this, because they know they can get away with it, and they know that nobody will ever come to their door on behalf of their daughters. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that, Miss Deborah. And I'm glad you br- you brought this up because it helps me to shift the topic to something that I wanted to discuss, and it's the, the perception of what I call it, the angry black woman. So we know all about the angry black man, and I could talk about that for hours as I'm a black man, and I experienced that. But let's talk about the angry black woman. So a couple of years ago, right after President Obama was elected, there was a book that came out called The Abomination. And a part in that book was a chapter called Michelle Obama, the Angry Black Woman. And it perceived Michelle Obama as this militant, angry, aggressive, dangerous black woman. And within the chapter, it pretty much highlighted all the different kind of perceptions of black women and how they were perceived to be by white people as always wanting to fight, always loud, always confrontational, always nitpicky, always very problematic. And I, I think we saw a reflection of that in the way that the police reacted to this young pregnant woman on a highway in California. So I wanted to bring Tiffany back into the conversation. And let's talk about this angry black woman and ways to dispel this, this negative stereotype. Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> The, the, I think the most unfortunate part about that is, is what we say about one another, right? So we can, we can talk about mainstream media, we can talk about articles, we can have those sorts of conversations, but what's most heartbreaking to me personally is, you know, what we say about each other, that we call each other angry. And, and that we make jokes about it, um, that our men say that about us, when it, it's, it's simply not true. And, and when it is true, when we are angry, 
they are very, very, very backed with very legitimate emotions and reasons for that anger. Um, but again, you know, when, when we talk about why this is happening, it's happening because it makes news. Why the, these stories are, are, are recycled um, and retold in a variety of ways on the same issue, as the caller just mentioned, it's getting tired. But uh, it happens because people are reading it, people are clicking on those links, people are sharing it. Um, you've got comments, commentary behind it. It's just popular conversation. It, it, it is dangerous. It's, it's, uh, it does a disservice to our community. Um, I have a vested interest in, in what's happening with our girls and how they absorb this information. Mm-hmm. Um, they start to refer to themselves in that same way. Um, so it, it is important that we, we change the narrative. And, and the way that we can do that is to start pushing up and pushing out stories that counter that. Um, and we have to do it ourselves. You're absolutely right. We do have to do it ourselves. If you're just tuning in, we are having a great conversation about black women and why they are important, why they matter. We talked about black women in media. We talked about the perception of the angry black women. And if you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. And you are in the studio with me, Chet, a.k.a. Stanley Fritz, <laughs> Selena Hill, and Alyssa Fuchs. And we also have the wonderful, immaculate Tiffany L. Jill, who loves mimosa in her brunch. Alyssa, the floor <laughs> is yours. Hi, Tiffany. Token white girl here. <laughs> You know, like I'm very involved with a lot of social justice issues and civil rights issues, but I was saying to Stanley and Selena, I almost feel like a little awkward because, you know, I don't come from that background. I can't speak on the experience of black women as, you know, somebody who is not a black woman and all who also, you know, and while I can recognize privilege, you know, and I and I do everything in my power to counteract that, I also in some ways feel sort of awkward joining the conversation because I like don't really all that much know what to say. But one thing I have noticed, um, at least with respect to Black Lives Matter movement, that I think is something I really wanted to ask you about, and Stanley pointed it out during his introduction, is that whenever an unarmed black man is killed by the police department or even by not by the police department, you don't really see you mean you see a lot of people coming out and speaking out about it, but you don't necessarily see kind of when a white woman, a black woman is killed, sorry, uh, by the police department or by somebody else. It sort of in some respects flies under the radar uh, not as it doesn't get as much media attention as when an unarmed black man gets killed. Is I mean, and I was hoping maybe you could explain that uh, why it's flying so much more under the radar when the issue is supposedly a police accountability. Shouldn't it apply across the board to both black men and black women? Yeah, well, yes, it should. Um, but, but I think that speaks to the much larger issue, uh, and it is a global one, of just the undervaluing of women and girls. Right, so so we know that that's happening on on every front, but then as it as it relates specifically to black women and black girls and their experiences with police violence and state violence, I think um, you know if I can be quite frank, it's just not as sexy, right? I mean, it, it it doesn't it doesn't sell, it doesn't evoke the the level of rage and anger. Um, that it seems to when we're talking about black boys and black men. And, I, and again, I'm talking about in, in mainstream media. I'm not talking about in our communities because that's, that's, that's different. And those of us who are working on the social justice front, we, we know this. Um, it, it's just, it's difficult to, to bring that message to scale only because 
you have so many movements that are focused on men and boys of color, right? And there's this perception that black women and black girls and girls of color are doing fine, right? So, so, and that's where it stays. It's, it's unfortunate. It's untrue. We all know that, that black girls and, and, and young women are, are drowning uh, under the same issues that their, their male counterparts are, but it, it just doesn't rise to the level of, uh, to the critical level that it does for, 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 for our black peers. Um, and there are lots of organizations that are working to change that. Right. We're actually getting some good feedback. Bianca Marley from on Twitter agrees 100 <laughs> percent. Well, yeah, we're getting the good feedback on Twitter. She agrees 100 percent with you, Tiffany. She tweets. Um, she's right. We have to do it ourselves. We know our own value and can't let others attempt to define us. Hashtag black women matter. I just wanted to add on to that, that, um, yeah, we do have to do it ourselves. But I think some of that onus also falls on black men because when it comes to fighting for the, the the rights and the lives and the humanity of black men, black women are always on the trenches, always first in line, but we're not always seen. You know, a lot of times, especially in the civil rights movement, you saw a lot of male figures, but there were still black women working endlessly, tirelessly, day and night to help propel this movement, even though they are nameless and did not get credit. Sacrificing their wants and needs to put other people in the forefront. That's that is, no, right. that, and it's even happening today. Like, you see black women coming out all the time and, and defending black men, even people like Chris Brown, who are very problematic. Yeah. But because he's a black oh, man God. who gets beat up, I mean, it, who gets beat up um, figuratively um, by the media because he you, it. right. No, he mm-hmm. does deserve it. But the fact that he is a, a, a man of color adds to that. And yeah. black women are the one that like, no, we should we should you know, stand up for him. And then he thinks of my making these girls ain't loyal and girls with the word. Speaking of this, there was a, I was watching Orange is the New Black last night and it's either episode five or episode six, but they're talking about Beyonce and about like Beyonce, basically they have a whole conversation about how Beyonce sells herself, not necessarily as a white woman, but like Beyonce plays the game. Like that's the conversation they're having. Like, you know, Beyonce makes a lot of money because she's willing to play their game and she's willing to go along with what they do. And then the other girl has a dispute with her, right? And is like no but like Beyonce's thick she's not super skinny and super white and like it's this whole conversation all about the things that we're talking about about media portrayal and, uh, and about also not just media the way media portrays women of color but also how women of color portray themselves in the media in order to fit some type of quote unquote white narrative thank you very much very much for that. And we've been talking about a lot of mainstream issues, a lot of topics that I think we've all heard before or talked about before in our circles. And I want to introduce a topic since, you know, before we close out the segment, a topic that is starting to get some mainstream attention, but not because of people of color. And I'm going to go back to something that happened, I think, a week or two ago. Caitlyn Jenner finished her transition, and she says, call me Caitlyn. I am a woman of color. And there were so many people who congratulated her and, you know, thanked her for her bravery and her honesty. And I think that we should make sure we congratulate and thank her for her honesty. But also I was frustrated with this, with the the coming out, not hers in particular, but people's responses, because we have a huge population of black women, transgender black women, and forgive me if I'm saying it incorrectly, transgender black women who deal with discrimination in their own communities, from the police, from circles that are supposed to be supportive of these things. And they do not receive the same kind of support that Caitlyn that Caitlyn Jenner may have gotten or maybe Laverne Cox can get because she has a platform of Orange is the New Black and she has access and I'm assuming money now because <laughs> no, Netflix don't pay that much for actors. Oh, okay. So, you know, like, 
what what about these black women and do they matter as well? How can we how can we communicate to people that they do? Tiffany, well, I think I think that the Caitlyn Jenner story and and uh, there's a lot of opportunity to learn here, right? Uh, specific, specifically in the African American community, we don't have trans conversations enough. And I think if we 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 look at this just as an opportunity to learn more about the transgender community, um, start there, right? Because there's a whole lot of ignorance behind what those experiences look like. And and if you speak with transgender, uh, particularly black trans women, most of their frustration comes from the the ignorance and the biases that people have towards them directly connected to their experiences, right? So so all of this is rooted in your experience. No one can tell another person how it feels to be in their body or their skin. You can you have your bird's eye view, you have your assumptions, you have your conclusions, but no one knows, you know, we know ourselves better than anyone else. So I think if if nothing else, this opens up a a a an opportunity for discussion, an opportunity for folks to learn and understand what those experiences look like, and then from there comes a level of compassion and support. Thank you very much for that honesty. So, Tiffany, um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap this up, but before we go, can you let the listeners know how they can learn more about you, your documentary, and how they can follow your work? Sure. So uh, we are on Facebook at Black Girls Unscripted. Uh, we're on Twitter at the same name, BGU. Uh, BG Unscripted. You can follow me. I'm at I am Tiffany Gill. Um, and of course, our website is blackgirlsunscripted.org. Uh, so, yeah, we encourage folks to reach out, follow us, um, stay connected to us, share your story. If there are powerful, empowering stories that you know about black girls and black women, we want to hear them. We'll share them uh, with our audience, uh, community. And uh, yeah, we look forward to furthering the conversation. Thank you so much. So, guys, I want to give closing statements to everyone in the room. Uh, Celine, you can start it off. Right. Um, so, Tiffany, I believe I believe it was Tiffany. She said something really, really powerful. Um, we have to create uh, our own media so that we can show the world who we are and don't let anyone else define us. And you know how this is happening? It's happening through Black Girls Unscripted, which is her um, film, which is currently being produced right now, and a social media campaign. And it's happening with a number of different platforms that are non-traditional, especially online and through a web series and through YouTube. And what we can do as a people who are very concerned is we can support either monetarily or through by sharing it and telling other people. If you're really, really passionate about creating spaces where black women do not have to be dehumanized and devalued either to make um, a corporation or a network of a lot of money, then support these independent projects and these grassroots projects like Black Girls Unscripted and like even the web series that Stanley and I started, which is called The Breakdown, which is a panel full of black women who talk about issues that matter. And half of our staff is also also women of color. And I think that it's... When it, when it comes to, you know, we're all like, rah, 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 we need to talk about this, we need to talk about this, but let's it's time to put our money where our mouth is. Even 
literally like it doesn't i'm not saying give a thousands of dollars but support it any way you can and you can easily do that by supporting their gofundme campaigns with a dollar or two or whatever you can spare and sharing it and talking about it on like facebook and uh, twitter and etc so that was my two cents Thank you for that, Selena. So I want to close this out by um, starting off with a quick unnecessary story. So for those of you who know me, you know that I wrote a book and I published it, and it's called Confessions of a Sucker for Love. So the goal of Sucker for Love was to give people a man's perspective on relationships and dating because I felt that no one really knows a guy's story, particularly a black man's story on love and relationships because from my experience, black men have always been overly sexualized. And I learned a lot of things when I was writing this book, and I've gotten a lot of different responses since it's been published. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned, and I think that I continue to learn as I continue to grow in this space of social justice and um, black awareness and just awareness of all different people and groups, is that as a, as a man, and yes, even as a black man, I will never know what it is like to be a black woman. I will never know that struggle. I will never know what it feels like to walk down the street at 2 in the morning because maybe I had to work late and now I'm faced with the fact that I may be street harassed or followed home or bothered. I do not know and I will not have to worry or have the issue of worrying that if I go to prison that I'm being targeted by correction officers or police officers or inmates. I don't have the problem of people telling me that I matter as a black woman because black women have always fought to put me in the forefront. Um, Anyone in the social justice movement has fought to put me in the forefront. So I cannot connect with it. I don't understand that problem. What I do know and what I can do is that I know that I love black women. I value life. I know that black women matter. And I can use the little bit of privilege that I have as a man because I do have privilege to help to push black women and women of color into spaces where they can be heard and their issues can be acknowledged and respected. And if you care about any woman in your life, whether she's black, white, green or orange, and you are male, that is your duty, and that is a job that you have to do every single day because they do matter, and they don't hear it enough. And if this was too much for you, then maybe you need to take a step back and ask yourself a question, do I really love the people in my life? Because black women matter. So, guys, we got to go on a quick break. When we come back, it'll be the quickie. Alyssa's talking about one person, one vote.